takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it after the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to oh run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. Going to the right. Boise State for the win. They hand it off to Johnson. Boise State has won the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Let's go. Good snap. Good hold. And the kick is blocked. Appalachian State has stunned the college football world. One of the greatest upsets in sports history. What's up, college football fans? Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Cover 2 College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Smithson, joined, as always, by my co-host, the Oki Longhorn himself, Dalt, as usual, first and foremost. How are we doing today, buddy? Oh, uh, we're doing good, man. It's uh, it's here. It's it's here. and um, Just a few days. It's, a, it's, a, it's, the, it's hate week. I uh, absolutely can't stand you this week. And we got a little bit of a side bet going that I feel like I'm going to have a real good time with. Either Sunday night or next week, it's going to be really advantageous for me. Oh, yeah. I just I just got a little stat for you there, Tim. Um, seven hundred twenty-five. Does that mean anything to you? It's the number of days it's been since OU scored on Texas. Yeah, you, you Texas fans like to cling to that that game last year, um, which is fine. It will, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but Dalt, we got uh, outside of Red River, which is definitely the focal point of a podcast hosted by an OU and Texas fan this week. We uh, we do have other games. There there are going to be other college football games played. Not that they are really relevant to me and you, but we're going to talk about them because it would be a just justice to our podcast if we didn't. Uh, we're going to give a quick recap of our week five. We weren't able to get a recap episode uh, earlier this week uh, again, but. Um, you know, we'll get right into things, Dalt. Just as far as news goes, we we do have one little, little tidbit to touch on, but then we got our AP Top 25 poll. Um, the only news we really have, Iowa starting quarterback Cade McNamara was announced yesterday, I believe, confirmed, torn ACL, out for season. So you have to imagine that uh, that hurts the Hawkeyes' chances there in the uh, Big Ten West. Other Other than that, it's, you know, it's, I, it's obviously news, but I, I mean, it completely derails Iowa's chances right. in the Big Ten West. Right, like any chance they had of potentially winning the Big Ten West is gone now. Now Wisconsin can basically sleepwalk, yeah, into that spot, I, and there's nobody else over there that can remotely push Wisconsin except for Iowa. And now, with the loss of kind of what made the offense halfway out of a coma is now gone, so now you're just right back to not being able to score more than nine points a game. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Cade McNamara was doing great things anyway, so it, no, it obviously is a huge loss for Iowa. Definitely kind of puts a, a damper on what they had going there, but that's that's really our only news, Dalt. Um, so it's, yeah, big news for Iowa, not really big news for anybody else, kind of irrelevant. But with that, Dalt, we have a new top 25 poll. Um, not, not a ton of change, a little bit here and there, but if, if, uh, you would like to, I will let you, uh, I'll let you get into that, that top 25 poll and then we will discuss some things that stand out. Uh, yes, sir. Um, remaining at number one is Georgia with 35 first place votes. Remaining at number two is Michigan with 12 first place votes. Remaining at three is Texas with 10 first place votes. Ohio state stays at four with one first place vote. Florida State stays at five with four first-place votes. Six is Penn State. Seven is Washington. Moving up one spot to eight is Oregon. Kind of a trend for the team dropping one spot to nine after a win and a 5-0 and start. USC drops a spot to nine. Mm-hmm. Um, number 10, Notre Dame moves up one spot. Alabama moves up one spot to 11. OU moves up two spots to 12. Washington State moves up three spots to 13. North Carolina moves up one spot to 14. 
Oregon State jumps back into the top 15, moving up four spots to 15. Uh, Ole Miss moves up four spots to 16 after their win over LSU. Uh, Miami moves up one spot to 17. Quiet. Quietly kind of staying there at 4-0, coming mm-hmm. off a bye week. Um, Utah drops eight spots to 18 after their loss. Duke drops two spots after their loss. Kentucky moves into the top 25 at 20 after their bludgeoning of Florida. Missouri moves up two spots to 21. Tennessee drops a spot after a win to 22. LSU drops 10 spots to 23. Fresno State moves up one spot to 24. And your Louisville Cardinals break the top 25 at number 25. Teams receiving votes, 5-0 Maryland. Kansas State right on the verge. Texas A&M on the verge. UCLA. Um, just kind of to note, uh, West Virginia receiving five votes for the no. top twenty-five. <laughs> uh, Neil, Neil Brown just saving his job one week at a time. Right. Got a right. bye week to get ready for whoever's next week. Yeah. Just good for him. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Definitely kind of a surprise team there in the Big Twelve. They're what four and one, three and one, three, three and one with yeah. their sole losses to. Uh, Penn State. Yeah. Yeah. Who but, had to backdoor cover. Yeah. You look at uh, Florida and Kansas Dalt are two teams that dropped from the rankings, um, which they were, you know, they're at 22 and 24 last week. Uh, real quick, though, Dalt, I mean, going up and down this list, I, you know, as far as like the top 13, 14, 15, I don't, I don't really have any serious issues with anything there. Uh, you know, you mentioned USC dropping. I, it's just not really surprising. They, they just, you know, had a game that they had well in hand against Colorado and they let them right back in it with the porous defense. And, you know, they just don't that they're not a complete team. That's just it's it's kind of the same same song and dance with Lincoln Riley. It's it's an incredibly good offense with arguably the best college quarterback that maybe we've ever seen. Like, you know, and they, they just can't get it done on the defensive side of the ball, even with, you know, the the good players that they've brought in. It just I, it's it's really strange really odd but going further down here doll you know kentucky breaks into the top 20 missouri they moved up a few spots lsu at 23 i zero zero reason for them to be in the top 25 after last week i have no i i don't understand it i've never seen more sec bias this team lsu it's I, i i don't i'm not gonna say they're a bad team doll but i i don't think that they're that good i mean you get in a shootout with an Ole Miss team that a week ago Alabama handled, held to 10 points, and you give up 55 to Ole Miss, which we're going to talk about that game. But then, you know, Louisville comes in there at 25. Personally, not sure they're going to be ranked next week because they face a really tough Notre Dame team this week, which we're going to talk about that game. Anything about these rankings stand out to you, Dalt? Any any major? I mean, Utah dropped quite a, I mean, eight spots after – kind of what the writing was on the wall it was they were just kind of due for that loss against oregon state i I believe they're on a bye week this week and then they come back with usc next week right i'm not i I would have to look but that may be right so that that bye week is going to be huge it's either a bye week now or next week before they i I know they have a bye week before they play usc that's going to be huge because that's one more week to get camerizing back without camerizing this utah team is yeah, ass. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay it out there. They're ass. They're, they're, they're not ass. very they're not very good offensively. No. Um. But you know, I don't really hate it. The kind of the big thing that everybody's talking about this week is Georgia started the year with what sixty something of the first place votes. Yeah. In the AP poll, and yeah, now they're down to, to thirty five. Starting to see that spread out a little bit. Looks like you know. Is, it, is this as wide open as college football has maybe been in a long time, Dalt? I'm going to tell you right now, one through 12, I think would give each other a really good game. I, uh, I mean, Yeah, on paper. like I mean, I, mean uh, uh, I would even go, I could even go as far as 15. I think Oregon State could hang with a lot of people on the top. We're going to find out, you know, they play, they play a handful of these, teams in the right back 12 that are ranked inside the top 10 um i just it, it's it's a great year to be a college football fan oh yeah i know 
and everybody that's got kind of a bad teams like how you you can say that now because Texas and OU are five and zero going into the Red River game since two thousand eleven and well I mean it is good I mean Texas appears to be pretty good obviously Miami's undefeated Florida State's good again. You know, you still have Georgia's obviously undefeated. Ohio State's good. Michigan's good. Notre Dame's five Notre Dame's and one. five and one. Alabama's four and one. Uh, the Pac-12 is as good as it's maybe ever been in our lifetime. I mean, <laughs> ever going to be? Out, well, yeah, as good as it's ever going to be again. Uh, you know, since you know USC in their heyday in the early two thousands. You know, um, but even then, that conference as a whole was not great. You know, back then it was just USC was really good. Um, but that's a really good conference. Just some really good teams. Um, I mean, for the first time in, but it just seems kind of wide open. The first time in forever, the SEC West isn't it's just kinda, Alabama's kinda, to win. The SEC West is kind of mid. Little, maybe I mean you got little, more undefe- little, you got more undefeated teams in the SEC East than you do the SEC West. A little midness in the in the SEC West. Um, but yeah, you know. But back to these rankings, I, I I don't have a whole lot more to add, Dalt. It, but yeah, I don't disagree with you about that one through twelve, one through fifteen. I think. Any of those teams put on paper, you're looking at like a one-score spread oh, as yeah. far as that goes. And, I mean, you could probably say it's always that way, but I just feel like it, this year, as much as any year maybe in, that we can remember recently, well, th- there's just quite, quite a bit of – I don't even know if I'd say parity. It's just like there's there's just not like a team that just looks head and shoulders better no. than everybody else. Like no. Georgia the last few years, they've looked like – better like there's been teams that have been able to compete with them but like they're just better like this year even they look they look good but they just look a little bit more vulnerable like and that's hard to sustain I mean they've won national title two years in a row that's really hard to do itself but now you're trying for a three-peat like it's difficult got an unproven quarterback so I mean it's it's understandable and then everybody wants to point at Michigan and say Michigan should be ranked number one I Hmm. understand that with the way that Michigan's looked right but at this point, like BP said, who cares? Just well, keep, yeah, I don't just matter. keep winning. Right. Like this, this doesn't matter. In eight weeks, we're going to talk about this, but it doesn't matter if you're ranked one or twelve. If you're OU, right? You win this week, it takes care of itself. Sure, and yeah. that's and that's what I've said. I said, as a Texas fan, I don't care how it looks every week. Just win. Yeah, yeah. Just like, win. Uh, who was it? Uh, TCU last year. Yeah, TCU. The the Raiders guy. I can't think of his name. Just win, baby. Just win, baby. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Dal, we'll uh, we'll get into our week five recap. We're not going to just totally dissect these games. We're going to touch on them. Um, I went three and three this week. You went four and two. Had a pretty good week. You were a disappointment from LSU away from a five and one week. Um, man, that game. Uh, but uh, my super dog did hit BYU on Friday night. Uh, yours did not with South Carolina, I believe. They kind of got they got browse beat by yeah. Tennessee. It was uh, it was Spen- Tennessee Super Bowl. It was Tennessee Super Bowl. If you ask Spencer Rattler, which that was a bit of an odd. Uh, South Carolina. I, I'm not sure what to think about that operation. It's a little odd. They they seem to have a lot of excuses. Is Beamer mid? Is I, is, is all they, is all the hype that he got about Beamer Ball and he might him be being like I, doing I, all the goofy antics? Is that just? I still like Is Beamer. I, I do like Beamer, but yeah, maybe eh, South Carolina. There's a lot to a lot of work to be done there. <laughs> all, all South Carolina is, and my buddy Conley will love this reference. Like shows and tricks, baby. Yeah, like shows and tricks. Yeah, that's true. They might be, but our first game, Dalt, recap real quick. Louisville on Friday night defeats NC State, and I mean they cover by the skin of their teeth. <laughs> uh, minus three, come in as three point favorites. They win this game thirteen to ten. I believe they kicked the a field goal um, at towards. I don't know how close it was towards the end of the game, but I think they kicked the a field goal and uh, they win this game thirteen to ten. So I think I texted you that night and I told you the age old thing of hey, good teams win, great teams, great cover. teams cover. Uh, so, you know, obviously we talked about that game. That's a great win for them just in the sense that, you know, NC state's tough place to play. Oh yeah. I I mean, mean, that you you go in there like that's a a really good crowd, really well coached team. Obviously they're not, you know, not a great team this year, but that's a good win for, for, uh, Louisville. And they didn't really play that well. Didn't score any points until second half of the game. Uh, went into halftime down 10 nothing. The plumber kid was not very good. Um, 
only 286 yards and a touchdown, had two picks. But ultimately, Louisville covers, and had they got the game we're going to talk about, their toughest test of the season coming up against Notre Dame. I believe that game is at Notre Dame. So mm-hmm. is, in, it, is in it in Louisville? Louisville. So that, that helps Louisville. a little bit. But yeah, Louisville, 5-0, and 3-0. Oh, and oh. Hey, sleeper. All, I, told, I told you they were a sleeper. I, I, I know ball. You, I, I mean, you act like you act like Duke isn't four and one with a. I'm not saying nothing against. Loss. I'm not saying nothing bad about Duke. I, I, hey, good for both hey, of us. We both we both predicted. Here's this, here's y'all. my thing. Everybody, every, nobody really. We don't get this big falling, listening or whatever on Spotify or anything like that. People don't want to listen and tune in. We know what we're talking about. Yeah, it's I mean, not, hey, we're not just two guys bullshit. Go we, back and go back and check the tape. Yeah, I said Louisville was a sleeper in the ACC. Dalton said Duke was four and one and five and zero. Oh. That you know, it, that tracks. Like my my one loss was to Notre Dame, a top ten team, and a game they probably should have won. Should have won. Yeah. So uh, Louisville covers here, Dalt. Don't have a whole lot more on this game. Good for my Cardinals. No, it just kind of an ugly we, game. Maybe yeah. a little bit of a look ahead for Louisville. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it's crazy to say Louisville was looking ahead of somebody, but I mean, you got Notre <laughs> Dame coming in. All you got to do is take care of business. I, I'm a little worried about my Cardinals this week because they they have not looked. It's a it's, it's a very it's, scary five and O Dalt. Not have not looked great all year. Is, but is Notre Dame going to be the ACC fan favorite killers? This, they might be. Yeah. The two weeks, two weeks in a, row. a two week stretch. Yeah. So uh, we we actually both did take Louisville. So we got off to a good start on Friday night. Um, taking Louisville both at minus three. And so we will move into our next game, Dalt, which we both were wrong on. Took Arkansas plus six and a half against A&M. Boy, they look bad. And Arkansas looked terrible. Gosh, um, they look so bad. A&M wins this game 34-22, and it was just really never never very close. Nope. I mean, Arkansas, they could not move the football. They couldn't score. I, I guess they made it. I, last I had checked, I think it was like 34-16, to 16, and they, I think, yeah. scored late. Um, but, yeah, just... Arkansas did not look very good in this football game. Let me give you a little stat rundown here of what what's not going to win a football game. <laughs> you ready for this? Okay. Nine for 17, 132 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Your SEC kind of preseason. He was a preseason yeah. all-SEC team, wasn't he? Something like that. Rocket Sanders, 11 carries, 34 yards. That dog is not going to hunt. You're not going to win. And everybody can say, oh, well, Texas A&M defensive front so good. I expected so much more from this Arkansas team this year. And their offensive coordinator and Sam Pittman bamboozled me. A lot like they've bamboozled a lot of college football. Uh, how hot is Sam Pittman's seat getting, Dalt? After what was it two years ago? They go nine and three or nine and four. I think they went nine and four. They lost their bowl game, I think. But I think they went nine and three in the regular season. Last year they went seven and six and about lost to Kansas. Yeah, in the bowl I mean, game. We we're talking about in the preseason of KJ Jefferson and and Rocket Sanders being the best running back quarterback duo in the conference. And I mean, you go out there, and I know uh, this is no discredit to A and M because they maybe have the best defense in the SEC right now. I mean, they they look really good defensively. They, they some, look great. Some of those five star defensive linemen, they seem to be kind of getting it done for them up front, um, which is probably that's it's probably bad. a big result of it's, it's bad for us. It's not great. No, um, that that's probably a big result of why Sanders only had eleven carries for thirty four yards. But yeah, I mean Arkansas just, I mean this game, I I don't. Honestly, I don't think I watched a single second of this game, Dalt. But it was uh, seventeen to six at halftime, and I mean, I, I, Arkansas just. Tech, now, now, don't get me wrong. Texas A&M didn't look great. No, on offense. I mean, and they, I don't want to just browbeat them. I know both teams had. I know Arkansas had a pick six. They kind of got them jump started, and everybody's like, "Okay, here they come," to start the second half, but. Um, Texas A&M had a pick six. They had a punt return touchdown. Like it's you find ways to win these rivalry games in those kind of non-offensive plays, and that's what Texas A&M did. Right now, Texas A&M is going to have to do that again this week. Yes. Um. So we both took Arkansas plus six and a half. I think that was maybe more out of spite because we don't like A&M. 174 yards, Arkansas. But, <laughs> 174 <clears throat> yards. How bad? Is LSU's defense? It's not good. They just gave up fifty-five to Ole Miss. But this Arkansas team kind of sh- 
shellactome. Yeah. I mean, in, LSU's in defense, Death Valley. Well, we're going to talk about it. It's not good. Not good at all. But Dalt, we both, like I said, both took Arkansas there. So that was a loss for both of us. I, I didn't even really think Arkansas would win the game. I just thought it would be close because I, I thought they had a good shot with, it, to win the with game. it being a rivalry game. That game's always close. It's been pretty wild the last few years. But moving on, Dalt, um, a game that was also not close. And uh, you want to talk about running the football? Uh, we we saw some running of the football in this game, and that was the Kentucky Wildcats. <laughs> Defeating the Florida Gators oh. handily, thirty-three to fourteen. We both thought this was just easy money All at day. Kentucky minus two and a half. We took the Wildcats, and that that proved to be the winning ticket. Uh, they, like I said, win this game thirty-three to fourteen. Um, Ray Davis, familiarize yourself with the name. Figure it out. Twenty-six carries, two hundred and eighty yards, and three touchdowns. And they even had a play, Dalton, where can, uh, Florida had thirteen players on the field. And still, he still scored a still touchdown. Scored. Can't stop him. I mean, I, we we go from a week where we have ten guys on the field to a, a week where we have thirteen. What what is going on? Ray Davis, great. I mean, it, right now is he the best running back in the in the SEC? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, he would have to be. I I I couldn't think of anybody off the top of my head that would make me want to pick them to be my starting running back outside of him right now. I do think, though, if you're Kentucky, you are a little concerned with the fact that Devin Leary, only nine for 19 for 69 yards, and he did have a touchdown, but massive, massive game coming up for the Wildcats. Kind of flying under the radar a little bit. Mark Stoops and boys, I mean, I know Kentucky's always pretty solid. They filled a good defense. They're a good team, but they got a test this week uh, against the number one team in the country, so we... We're fixing to really find out how good uh, your buddy Conley's Kentucky Wildcats are. Devin Leary's got to be better than this. Yes. He's got to be better than he's been all year, and that if game, we're being completely honest. That game is in Athens. Yeah. So, but we were both on Kentucky. Yes, sir. Uh, so, yeah, Florida, really bad. Shouldn't have been ranked in the top 25. The bamboozled. That I, Tennessee win was bamboozled. I mean, they, they, that's the only game that they've looked competitive in pretty much all year. And how good is Tennessee? Right. So... Both took Kentucky their adult. That was a win for us. We move on. Friday night game. Oregon State at home defeats the Utah Utes 21-7. to You were all over Oregon this, State this, on this game. This was easier money than yeah. the Kentucky game. I, I honestly just think I took Utah just to have a little bit of difference because we were we were picking every game the same. <laughs> and I, I thought Utah might have a chance, but, man, they just cannot score without Cam Rising. I mean, you hold them to 21 points. Like, that's that's a, they do a decent job defensively, but they, they just can't score. And I mean, Oregon State's that that's no slight to them. But I think if they have Cam Rising, this is probably a different game. A more competitive game, but I still don't think they win it. Right. I, I mean, mean the, the Johnson kid goes eight for twenty-three for a hundred and one yards. I told you, man, Corvallis is a tough place to play. Yeah. I mean, you're you're not wrong. Or Oregon State's a good football team. And I like I said, I, I like Utah. I like what they're about. I like what they do, Whittingham. But yeah, Oregon State just—they just look like the better team, more well-rounded team. Uh, but they—that uh, was you took them at minus three. I took Utah. You know, kind of a quiet game for DJ. Only two hundred four yards, had one touchdown, one INT. But uh, that—that's all—that's all they need from him. I mean, that's this Oregon State <laughs> team. They—they they love to run the football, and they're going to do that at every chance they get. I mean, they only had one hundred thirty-one yards in this game. But they ran it 36 times. Like, they're going to control possession. I mean, that's – Utah rushed it 32 times for 57 yards. Yeah. 1.8 yards a carry. And Oregon was penalized 11 times for 100 yards, still won by 14. Yeah. Like, if, if they're just, that, just a better team right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, that's, all, that's all you can say. I mean, this 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 is going to be – this Pac-12 coming down the – Come down the finish is going to be sneaky good, and they're probably going to eat each other alive. Yeah, they're, I mean that's that's typically what kind of happens out there. They cannibalize themselves, and that's what causes them to miss the playoff. But um, Dalt, you you took Oregon State there, so that was a win for you. I obviously took Utah, but we will move on. I know this is a game you're not going to love talking about. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish go on the road to Duke, and they pull away at the very last minute for the second week in a row. Notre Dame game comes down to the final minute uh they score late touchdown audric estimate 30 yard run um they actually put up a huge game for us actually because we both took notre dame 
five and a half. Yeah. They score that touchdown. It's 19 to 14. So they go for two and they get it. So the final year is 21 to 14. They win by seven. Uh, Riley Leonard gets hurt. Uh, that's that's the scariest part <laughs> of all this. Riley Leonard going down at the end of this game. I mean, Sam Hartman was uh, 15 of 30 for 222, but no touchdowns. I mean, Notre Dame, uh, Duke's defense looked really good in this game. I mean, they, they really kind of held Notre Dame down for most of the game, and it looked kind of like, you know, they go up 14-13, and it kind of looked like, hey, like Notre Dame just cannot score. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I thought Duke was going to win the game. Uh, but, it, you know, testament to Notre Dame, they scored, like I said, 30 seconds left on the clock. Two-point conversion obviously was huge for us because we both had them at minus five and a half here, I, I, as much as I hate it for your Duke Blue Devils. <sighs> this is a game I don't think that you would have picked them to win anyway. No, so. no. I mean, just – And it doesn't have any effect on their – No, no. Everything's still in front of them. Uh for conference wise to finish a close third like I have them picked. Right. But um no, uh I was watching this game at work and I'm just I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, gosh, I really need Notre Dame to pull ahead and cover. And then <laughs> or cause cause it was like what? It was it was seven to thirteen. And I was like, okay, just like that's that's six points. That's a cover. And then Duke scores, and I find myself thinking, just get one more stop, Duke. Yeah. Just get one more stop. I don't even care about my pick. Just get right. one more stop. Oh, yeah. And then it's what was fourth and 16? Was yeah, that when he was, made the it long was, run? It was oh, a huge fourth, fourth down play, yeah. It was, it was fourth and long, and whenever he's go, whenever he like stands in the pocket and goes to scramble, I'm like, it's over. Yeah. Like, Sam, this isn't Sam Hartman's game. He's not going to go find however many yards he needed. And they just weren't home. Like, they weren't ready for him to take off running. And good for him for going and getting it. Mm-hmm. But just if there was ever one play that Mike Elko wishes he could have back, it's probably that one. Right. Because you get that stop. Notre Dame doesn't have any more timeouts. They can't no. stop it. There's a minute left. I mean, you you look at it, all This this final drive for Notre Dame, this is what you brought Sam Hartman in for. Yes. They go 10 plays, 95 yards. Like You're probably just not doing that in years past with the the quarterback play that they've had. And it's not that he, you know, did anything incredible, but just his leadership, his experience, and the fact, like, he he is a really good quarterback. I mean, the guy's thrown for a million yards in college. So you look at that, that, that was kind of a, a team-defining drive for Notre Dame to go and get that victory. So uh, we, we both went on this one, Dalt. We had Notre Dame at minus five and a half. And this last game we're going to touch on from week five, Ole Miss, who I still don't believe in. Still don't believe in Lane Kiffin. <laughs> I don't think LSU's that good. So uh, I know, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, I guess. But LSU, uh, Ole Miss defeats LSU 55-49. to 49. Ole Miss covers plus two. We both took LSU here, Dalt. And, you know, here's my question for you, Dalt. Everybody wants to talk about, how oh, wow, this was a great game. Yeah, yeah. But, mm. hey, where, where was this at? Where was this energy at two or three years ago in the Big 12 when we had games like this? And it's just, oh, defense is just terrible. Terrible defense. Terrible defense. It's like, oh, well, in mighty SEC. Well, uh, it's a great game. Just two two great offenses, just trading punches. Like, no, no, that's two two defenses that are probably very average against two good offenses because you look – a week ago, what Alabama did to this old Miss offense held them to ten points, and this Brian Kelly LSU defense uh, gives up fifty five. Gives up fifty five. Brian Kelly, what 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 are we doing? Three and two, ranked number five in the country in the preseason, and you're three and two somehow still in the top twenty five. SEC bias. I mean, according to Kirby Smart, the entire well, yeah, sure fourteen teams in the SEC sure. should be ranked. Yeah. In the nobody top nobody wants to play Vanderbilt, right? <laughs> okay. Now, uh, what a, what a game! I mean, the defenses are bad, but I'm kind of that guy that really enjoys watching these shootouts. I mean, we've kind of grown accustomed to them, but I just—it's just so hard for me to get behind these LSU defense now. Like, you can't just. Preseason is all that LSU has. Now. Right. Like, you're one and one in conference play in the West. You still have to play Alabama on the road. 
where Jalen Milrow is liable to run all over you. And then you still have to play Texas A&M, whose defense is really good. And offense kind of finds a, finds a groove between now and then. You're looking at three losses in the West. Yeah, I mean, is there is there a potential for like an eight and four, seven and five season? I mean, just they could lose this weekend. Yeah, they could lose to yeah. Missouri. Missouri looks decent. Um, I mean, I, I think Missouri's going to be able to score. They probably maybe have one of the best playmakers in the conference in the Burden kid. Maybe one of the best wide receivers in the country. Which that that's a game we're going to touch on here pretty quick. Um, but yeah, we you know. Just, LSU just, I mean, talk about disappointing team for, yeah. for a lot of people. I mean, I, I don't think me or you, neither one. I, I was probably a little higher on them than you just because I like the Daniels kid and Harold Perkins has just been non-existent this year. I talked about both of those guys being huge parts of their team. Um, and they, you know, the Daniels kid has been fine. But, you know, I, do, I did make the point that I thought people were maybe a little higher on LSU than they needed to be because of the fact that I think a lot of people were focusing on what they were capable of and not their deficiencies that they had last year in a couple of games that they looked really bad, like against A&M a year ago. They lost that game to an A&M team that they had no business losing to a year ago. Um, but, yeah, we both took LSU here. Then the more I think about it, I wonder why we even did it, but – we did, so that was a loss uh, for us. I think we didn't trust Lane Kiffin. Right. A top 25 game, this is Lane Kiffin's MO to go <coughs> lose. Right. So, uh, with that, Dalt, like I said, you uh, you went 4-2, and two, so good week for you. Improved your record overall to 20-10. and 10. Having a good year so far. Good year. Uh, I moved to 13-17, and 17, pretty much par for the course for me. Uh don't if if anybody listens to this game uh, podcast, do not do not take <laughs> any advice I give on betting these games. Um, so, yeah. Week six preview, Dalt. Let's get into it. It's a good week. It is it's, a good week. I know. I know. All the focus is on Red River this week, but there are a lot of really good yeah. games this week. We got uh, four top twenty-five against top twenty-five matchups, and then two other games that you know are right on the fringe of being verge. top twenty-five uh, matchups. But our first game, we're heading uh, to SEC country, Dalt. We have the number 11 ranked Alabama Crimson Tide right off the rip. I just, I'm putting I, you on the spot right I, off the rip. I told you, I've been back and forth <laughs> with this game. All I, Since we've talked about discussing this game, I've looked into it, and I've just been back and forth. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's to a tough take. one to pick. It's a tough pick. Uh, Alabama heading on the road to College Station, take on the Texas A&M Aggies at 2.30. This will be the CBS primetime SEC game. Uh, Alabama comes in. Uh, currently, we have them as a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. So, Dalt, what uh, what do you what – you, <laughs> Where have I landed on what, this? What, have, you, have you made a decision? That's what I'll ask you. So, going into this, everybody is kind of – everybody knows Alabama has kind of halfway found a groove. They've looked good the last two weeks. They beat quality opponents. Like we said, they beat Ole Miss, who just beat LSU. They handled Mississippi State, who kind of tacked one on late to make that game interesting. Texas A&M has also looked very good since that loss to Miami. Now, they haven't played probably a quality opponent like Alabama has, but this defensive front looks very good. I mean, I think they're averaging five sacks a game. And I believe Alabama is giving up five sacks a game. So that's never a good thing, especially when you're going on the road to maybe one of the ho- most hostile environments in the SEC. But give me Alabama. I trust Alabama's defense more than I trust Texas A&M's offense, if that, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's fair. So um, I think that, Texas A&M could probably keep it close, but I think this is just one of them things where, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't pick Texas a and I'm sorry, I can't do it. I understand. I can't do it. And I'm going to be honest with you, Dalt. When you told me how you felt about this game, I made the conscious decision that I was going to go opposite of whatever you picked, <laughs> uh, simply because I I need something. I, I'm telling you, I need it. And as much as it absolutely pains me to take A&M in this game. I actually do think that they, there are some good arguments to be made as to why they could win this game. It is at home. Um, Alabama offensively has, you know, I'm not going to say they've looked flat out bad, but they have not looked great. 
you know, offensively. The Milrow kid's still just trying to kind of get his footing. I, I do think he's going to come along as the season goes on. Uh, and that I just think A&M's defense may have a chance to give him some problems. Um, but I'm telling you, this is kind of just a prove-it game for Jimbo yet again. I mean, he's in a spot, 4-1, and one, where he can take kind of a stranglehold on the SEC West. It, it's almost the perfect spot for him to totally fail, so it scares me to take the A&M, <laughs> to take A&M at plus 2.5. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to take – I told myself I was going to go opposite of whatever you did, so I'm going to take – Texas A&M at plus two and a half. Moving on, Dalt. Number 13, Washington, going on the road, heading down to Los Angeles to take on the UCLA Bruins. Uh, this game's at 2 o'clock. UCLA, unranked, comes in as a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. What is this? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know where this is coming from. As back and forth as I was with Texas A&M Alabama – I knew who I was picking as soon as we decided on this game. You're giving me the better team plus the points all day. All day. You give me Wazoo all day. I know UCLA has looked good some places, but I go back to that Utah game where they just looked terrible. And UCLA is not exactly a rough road environment. I mean, no. they, they I have mean, to be lucky if there's like a hundred fans like they have to put the giant Jordan banners over parts of the a seats. third yeah. of their seats to make it look full. <laughs> so yeah. give me Wazoo. I think Wazoo has been tested more than UCLA has. Yeah. So I'm going to take Wazoo plus three and a half. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I, as much as I'd like to try and get another game on you, I just, I think if I did this, I wouldn't. So I, I'm going to take Washington State as well. Um, I, I just think they're a better football team. They look a lot better than I think people thought. You know, a lot of stuff has been brought up, which ESPN's matchup predictor gives UCLA a 66% chance to win this game. And they are three and a half point favorites. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why. It, well, it's all about the analytics and stuff. Well, I mean, it's, I, it, it's stuff that me and you don't ever even think about. You well, know, I've like, seen I've seen a deal. I heard somebody talking about this because OU has a higher win percentage, the win probability than Texas does. Right. And I've seen somebody talking about this. Let's, yeah, this let's, actually goes off of ESPN's to go off of uh, ESPN's predictor goes off of point differential. Oh yeah. So I guess they have a higher point differential. Yeah. No, I mean, this is... I, I'm with you. I, I think Washington State's the easy pick here. Uh, UCLA's not a tough place to play, especially at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Like I said, they'll be lucky if there's a couple hundred fans probably in the bleachers. Um, UCLA playing kind of a little bit of a different brand of football for Chip Kelly um, than kind of what you're used to. But, uh, you know, Washington State's head coach kind of been one of those guys that's been talked about for this uh, Michigan State job. So, you know, maybe... He's trying to bolster that uh, resume for for that, but yeah, I, I I like Washington State here a lot, Dalt. Uh, so give me the Cougars plus three and a half as well. The Cougars, the Cougars. Uh, so we move on, Dalt, to our third game. This is our first top twenty five versus top twenty five matchup, somehow or another. Uh, number twenty three LSU heading on the road up to Columbia to take on the twenty first ranked Missouri Tigers at eleven a.m. And even as bad as they looked last week, Dalt, on the road, LSU comes in as a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. And uh, at the beginning of the season, Dalt, I would have said Missouri has no chance to win this game. I, I still don't think and they I, have much of one. I'm still – yeah, I, I agree. I'm still not sure that they have much of a chance. But I think there is a chance. But I'll let you tell me what, what you think. What are your thoughts on this game? So – Listen to the yards allowed here, and I want you to tell me which team you think's which. Just close your eyes and don't think nothing about the last game. 317 total yards given up, 430 yards total yards given up. Who's who? What was the first number? 317. That's probably Missouri. It is. I mean, it is. Granted, LSU did just give up 700 yards to Ole Miss. But they are giving up 430 yards a game, 260 through the air, 170 yards on the ground. Now, Missouri is not a run-the-ball-first football team. 
Eli. No. Eli drinks a lot. I don't even know who they have at running back, to be um, honest. Uh, Schrader. Schrader. Yeah. Yeah. Schrader. 81 carries, four, almost 500 yards. It's not bad. Not not terrible. Um, give me Mizzou. Mizzou plus, plus six, six and a half. And a half. I, uh, I think this is kind of one of them games that it's going to get into another shootout. And I think that uh, Luther Burden, there's nobody on this LSU secondary that can cover him. And I think that they're going to have to do kind of like over-the-top double-team shade, whatever, to keep him from going off. And that's going to open things up for a Theo Weiss or uh, another receiver on this Missouri team. So give me Missouri plus six and a half. Uh, I'm just going to try to get a game back on you here, and I'm going to take the Tigers minus six and a half. I I think maybe they do win this game by a touchdown. So I I like that it's under seven. Um, I'm not high on Missouri. I know they're undefeated. A lot of people like them. I I think that they're maybe more so undefeated because of their defense than their offense, which that could be the reason they win this game. Uh, You know, LSU, the the strength of LSU is 100% their offense. I mean, without question, Daniels kid has had a, good year he's looking I mean, great he's, looked he's fine. not getting any help um but yeah i mean the question is is missouri going to have enough firepower to probably keep up with lsu because that's maybe what this is going to turn into so i don't necessarily know that they do but we'll see because that lsu defense is is not very good but i'm going to take the tigers here at minus six and a half try to maybe get a game back on you dalt uh next game top 25 matchup again number 10 notre dame team we just t- talked about in our recap, going on the road again, another top 25 matchup, Dalt, heading to the 25th-ranked Louisville Cardinals. Uh, this is actually the 6.30 primetime game on ABC. Uh, Notre Dame comes in here on the road as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I, I, As much as it pains me, I, I think I know where I'm going on this game. What, what do you think, Dalt? Kind of the same thing last week. I just don't think that Kind of like my Duke Blue Devils, I don't think your Louisville Cardinal have the horsepower to hang with this Notre Dame team. Kind of the opposite reason. Um, the reason I thought Duke might be able to give them a, a good gave them a good game was Duke plays really really good defense. Yeah, and I just don't think that this Louisville team plays that caliber of defense. And if you're going to ask me to take. Um, Sam Hartman or Jack Plummer in a shootout. I'm, I'm unfortunately going to take Sam Hartman. Now, I know that Notre Dame is without some key receivers, so that might play <laughs> some, but so, I just, I'm just I'm going to yeah. take Notre Dame. I, I, I think I'm with you. I, I think I like Notre Dame minus six and a half as much as I, uh, as much as I love to see the Cardinals doing what I predicted them to do. Uh, this game's not going to have a real huge impact on that prediction, kind of like it didn't for you last week. Um, uh, and as much as I liked Louisville in the preseason, that 5-0 and record is a pretty shaky 5-0 and record. They have not looked great. I mean, you're talking about they they beat, you know, Georgia Tech by five week one. Yeah. Like, they, they beat Indiana 21-14. Now, they did hammer Boston College something that Florida State can't say they did. Um, but then they beat, you know, NC State only by three points. So they, they just haven't looked real consistent, I guess, or, or even like the, because they really haven't played anybody. I mean, th- these teams they've played are not very good. Um, so I, I just think Notre Dame's just more talented. They're better, like you said, at quarterback. They are definitely better at running back. I, they're, you know, head coach. I, I think Louisville may have the edge on that with head coach just because the – the Brome guy's got all the experience that he has, but I think Louisville keeps this close. But I like Notre Dame minus six and a half. I think they, I think they maybe win by ten. I'll, I'll say that. So we will move on. Keep the ball rolling here, Dalt. Um, we've got number twenty, Kentucky, mm. heading to Athens, Georgia, to take on the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs. At 6 o'clock, so Athens at night, probably walking into an absolute hornet's nest, Dalt. Um, quite a big spread here, though. We've got Georgia at minus 14 and a half. That's two tutties. That is more than two touchdowns. Yeah. What are your thoughts? 
kind of a surprising thing. Who, just off the top of your head, would you think gives up more rushing yards, Kentucky or Georgia? Since you're asking me, I'm just going to say Georgia. Georgia does give up more <laughs> rushing yards than Kentucky. They give up 113 yards a game, and Kentucky only gives up 75. Now, Kentucky does give up 220 yards passing, and this is kind of becoming a Carson Beck to Brock Bowers show. He's really, he's really good. He's really good. <laughs> really good. Second second best tight end in the country. Yeah, You might be right. <laughs> he's really good. Um Oh my gosh, I just give me Kentucky. Oh, give I love me Kentucky. It. I love it. Plus 14 and a half. Um I think Kentucky just leans on Ray Davis. Oh yeah. And I know Florida's defense is terrible, but they've just they're going to have to continue to lean on him. Like whether it's third and seven or second and 12, they're going to have to lean on him. Like if it's not working, you're going to have to just keep – I know people say you just can't keep running into a brick wall, but you're going to have to. Devin Leary has a bit of a turnover problem at Kentucky. Yeah. So, Dalt, let me ask you. If I, uh, if I just – said you know last week in georgia's football game them or the team they played one had 43 carries for 219 yards which team would you have guessed that was in that game i would have said georgia okay well that's not the case it's auburn auburn ran for 220 yards last week and we've got probably right now the best running back in the conference maybe in the country maybe in the country in ray davis so, with that, as I'm sure you have seen the full episode notes, I'm taking Kentucky plus 14 and a half. Hey, I'm, I'm right there with you. I because think the, I, think Georgia, I think Georgia can be had. I think Georgia is vulnerable. And then, you know, this is probably a game that they're going to win by 21. Oh, gosh. You know, just, just <laughs> if, come out. Just... If, if that's what happens, then it's just going to be like, a, oh, okay. Yeah, Georgia's still really good. Well, Kirby Smart's, <laughs> Kirby Smart's in the locker room right now telling this team that they're oh, yeah. six and six. Yeah. They're going to be lucky to make yeah. a bowl game. Yeah. You guys don't even deserve to be on the same field as Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like uh, I like Kentucky, Dalt, plus, uh, plus 14 and a half. And I, I have a little bit more on that game coming up. Um, so I will give you Kentucky there at plus 14 and a half. Let me get that down here. And I also like Kentucky. So with that, Dalt, <laughs> we are back again for our second edition of the Cover 2 pod of Red River. It is the single greatest game in college football, I will hands down. I will hear no other argument about the Iron Bowl or the game. I don't care that it's been played longer. I don't care about Ohio State and Michigan and their massive stadiums. I, there is nothing in the world of college football that compares to the State Fair of Texas in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl. 50-50, split at the 50-yard line, one end in the other, half burn orange, half crimson. It is the single greatest spectacle in the sport. I Again, I will hear no argument. We got number three Texas versus number 12 Oklahoma. 11 a.m., as always, for most of our life anyway. Texas is a six-point favorite, Dalt. Tell me what you think of your Longhorns. What what do we got here? I think my Longhorns are the best team in the country. Uh, yeah. I think that you co you pair a very balanced, very physical offensive line with a very prolific group of playmakers and a quarterback that has done a fairly good job of dis- distributing the ball and taking care of it with a defense that is very stingy in the run game. Teams are not going to get a whole lot of push in the run game on this Texas front. This might be the people are calling the best front in college football, and that's saying a lot with what Georgia, what Alabama have on the front of their defenses. With that being said, we we can be we can be had. The secondary, mainly the safeties, can be had in coverage. But that's on down the field throws. Something that this Lebby led 
Dylan Gabriel, noodle armed, lefty some bitch, <laughs> just love to do is sling oh. it down the sling it down the field. But he's got to have time to yeah. do that, and I, uh, and it needs to be coupled with a good run game. And unfortunately for your beloved Sooners, y'all have a very subpar run game. Yeah, it's not good. Um, the the running back situation at Oklahoma has been uh, a bit of a odd, I guess you could say, situation. I, why um, is this? Why is the Sawchuck kid not getting the reps? Uh, there's just been there's been a lot of talk about the the they Demarco Murray, you know, is running back coach, and yes. he's he's real big on how they practice the, in the, during the week, and it's kind of been like every week they have kind of picked a different guy, and you know the Barnes kid out of camp and over summer i think was pretty much everybody's odds on favorite to be the guy um, but that just hasn't been the case and then actually venables in the post game i think last week said that he's not fully healthy and hasn't really been since fall camp uh, you know he had i want to say he had some kind of minor surgery but yeah the running back situation is just not uh, it I, i'm not going to say it's terrible like they've they've ran the ball okay they just haven't Really, it's it's almost like they just haven't been able to get in any kind of a groove, uh, and they just are splitting. You don't have one single guy because they're just splitting carries so much between uh, Marcus Major and the Walker kid and and those other two. Well, and Dylan Gabriel, and, and right, and they're they're leaning more on Gabriel to run the football, which is good, and that's what Levy wants to do, and they feel like they can do that a little bit more because their quarterback situation is obviously better than it was a year ago. They they believe uh, with the backup situation. Um, but I totally agree with you, Dalt. Um, as much as I hate to admit, your Longhorns are very good. They're really the, – I don't know that this team has a glaring weakness. Like, I'm just going to be as non-biased as possible. I, I do think if there is money to be made in this game, it is OU throwing the ball deep. But at the same time, you're 100% right. You kind of need to establish the run, which is something that OU's had trouble doing, and pass block. Now, I will say – OU's pass protection has been excellent. It's been very good. Very he, good. He's only, but uh, Dylan Gabriel's only been sacked four times this year. But they also haven't. I mean, Iowa State not not a. I'm not going to say they're what they've been, but that's still a good defense. Like they, John Haycock always has a good defense. They get after you, you know. And then Cincinnati, I think their defensive line, those two guys they have, the Briggs kid and uh, Corleone, two of the better defensive linemen in the conference. Um. A lot of people are high on the Corleone kid. They they blocked them up really well in that game. But that is going to be a question is if Gabriel's under pressure, what's that going to look like? Is he going to turn the ball over? Um, I think this is going to be a really good game, Dalt. I think it's going to be a, a great game. And, I mean, they've they've talked to o, uh, OU guys. Obviously, I am closer to that than you. They can say what they want to about 49 to nothing last year, not being a – contributor into the motivation of this game but me and you both played sports oh we're competitors 100%. like i mean that's in the back of these guys minds and i'm not going to say that they're going to go out and try to prove a point as far as that's concerned but that's going to be a factor in this game to those guys so texas minus six i think i told you earlier this week i don't know that oklahoma can win this game as much as it pains me. I, actually, I think they can win the game, but it's going to take, you know. It's going to take perfection. One thing Oklahoma has done well this year, they've blocked like three punts. You may need something like that to happen in this game. That's something special teams are always a huge factor in this game. Special teams and turnovers. Yep. Whichever team usually wins those two things, usually. And, and I mean, that can be said in any football game. But in a rivalry like this, that's just such a huge deal because of momentum more than anything. And the crowd... Um, but uh, you like Texas minus six, I assume. Well, and just kind of a little little thing to throw out there. We talked about the run game. I went back and I looked at every game for the last 10 years, and I, I sent this in the group chat. Eight of the last 10 winners of Red River won the rushing battle. Right. And I think that that's probably still going to hold true. I've seen another stat. Somebody else went deeper than I did. And they said it had come to find out that 20, uh, 18 of the last 20 winners had won the rushing battle. Right. I think that's advantage Texas. I think that 
And I don't. I, I I'm not going to take anything away from OU and Burton Venables. What he has done from year one to year two, he has improved the team, and that's all you can ask. That's all we asked of Sark last year. But the only thing is, Brent Venables is in his second year, yeah. to whereas Steve Sarkeesian is in his third year. And I think that Texas may be just a year ahead of where OU is, and I think that's going to be the deciding factor. I think that this game could turn into kind of a boring Texas kind of possesses the football, runs it. That way we can give our defense a chance to rest. You guys can't go tempo and everything like that. So I'm going to take OU – or Texas, sorry, Texas minus six. Yeah, I mean, you, you look here at like the team stats, and it's two teams that, you know, I had mentioned this to you earlier this week. They're fairly similar in what they're gaining, rushing, and, and passing, like within 50 – 30, 40, 50 yards yeah. um, as far as, you know, passing yards allowed, rushing yards allowed, rushing yards for and passing for. Um, so I, I do think these teams are, you know, fairly similar. I just think Texas is just they're a little sharper, like like you just made that comment, um, just kind of a little further along in the process. And, um, you know, as an Oklahoma fan, like I, I'm not. I'm not a typical Oklahoma fan that's going to scream and holler on here and say, you know, Texas OU is going to go in there and, and just kick Texas around by 28. Like, would I love for that to happen? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you Obviously. You take that, you take that, I, you take I that mean, any day. If that happens, that's great. But I, I do think this game's going to be close. And, and I'm simply, I'm going to take Oklahoma plus six. I, I don't personally think they're going to win the game. I could see something like 35, 31, something like that, or like 31, 27. I, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I, I don't think it's going to be a super low-scoring game. I do think both of these teams are pretty good defensively, pretty good offensively, so I think there's going to be some give and take there with, you know, what's the turnover look like, you know, that again. The, so, o- the over-under 60, what do you got? Do you think that, that, that I, hits the over? I think it gets really close. I mean, 35-31 obviously would. Yeah. Um, 31-27, <laughs> Would, would be close but uh yeah i think i think 60 is good i think that that's why at 35 31 31 27 something 31 28 um something like that um i i just i, I like oklahoma plus six but again pains me to say i i'm not sure my sooners come out on top i obviously will be watching rooting hopefully you work that morning? I do. I, I do have to work. So, sadly, I'm not just going to get to sit down and relax and, and enjoy what I think is going to be an incredible game. Um, but, Dalt, we have a little bit more here. You like Texas minus six. I like Oklahoma plus six. Uh, we are going to get into our super dogs, and then we have kind of a new a new little thing we're going to do. Um We'll get into that, but who who give give me your super dog this week, Dalt? If you're or are you done with OU Texas? Yes, yes, I'm done okay. with OU Texas. Uh, my super dog this week is the Arizona Wildcats against the uh, USC Trojans. Hmm. They are. I'm going to take them plus twenty one. Hmm. They just had a very very good game yeah. against Washington. They did. Um, to where I think they only lost by seven to Washington. I think Washington yeah. is probably a more complete team than USC is. Now, I do think they scored late, but yeah. still, seven-point hey, game. Backdoor cover. Yep. All I need them to do is lose by 20. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, you saw what happened last week. <laughs> Winner, Lincoln Riley. Well, well any, anytime, you, anytime you take the spread against Lincoln Riley, that's a great pick, Dalton, let me tell you. I have very much experience <laughs> in dealing with that. That is that is probably an excellent super dog pick. So I will give you our, uh, Arizona plus twenty one. Uh, I'm going Wake Forest against really? uh, Clemson plus twenty one. Ooh, I don't know, Bub. Ah, we'll see. Wake Forest three and one. I I was looking and I just I couldn't really find anything that I liked. And then I, I saw that game and I I don't think Wake Forest is is very good. But I just saw 21, man. I, I just thought that was a lot for, for that game with, you know, Clemson. I mean, I, I don't think they're a bad football team, but <coughs> we, do, we don't really know that they're very great either. So I'm going to take Wake Forest uh, plus 21, and I'm going to let that one ride, and we'll, we'll see what I mean, happens. They haven't beat a Power 5 school by 21 all year. So. Exactly. I, so. I, I like it. 
yeah, give me the Demon Deacons plus 21, and we're going to get into this kind of new thing we're doing here, Dalt. A um, little bit of a, kind of a prediction, and it's what we're, what we're going to do is I want you to give me your what will be the most least surprising outcome in a game, it, it, and it can be... It can be anything from a certain player's stats to a, a score to a, who wins a game, whatever it might be. And then we're going to do a boldest prediction for the week. So uh, with that, I will actually go first here on the least surprising outcome. And even though I picked <laughs> A&M to cover, my least surprising outcome, Dalt, is Alabama beats A&M because they just seem to always do so. And I, I just, if they win this game, it's nobody's going to be shocked. Like, so, and maybe that's the low hanging fruit here, but uh, it's just, that's, that's just what happens. Alabama beats A&M every time. And when it's like A&M's finally going to win this game, it, it's, it's when you don't think A&M is going to win the game that they usually win like a couple years ago. So Alabama beats A&M. That is your least surprising outcome for me in week six. Give me yours, Dalt. Um, <laughs> Oklahoma State fans, cover your ears, but I think Kansas State routes Oklahoma State, and that's going to be the least surprising oh, thing for me this weekend. Uh, well, well, we're going to find out if they start the uh, fire Gundy chant in the third quarter, the, like the, the, the step down chant. Yeah, the step down chant. We're gonna we're gonna see if that actually comes to fruition. Might start in the second quarter. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I do like this pick for you. I I don't know that our our buddies up in Stillwater are going to be able to keep that one real close. They're, they just don't look very good. And and the, the the word out of Stillwater is we still don't know who the quarterback is, Dalt. So we're on week six. After the bye week, we still don't have that solidified. So Kansas State routing Oklahoma <laughs> State, that, that would not shock me. So that's a great pick. Michael Gundy, <laughs> if you don't know who your quarterback is in week six, play the freshman. Yeah. The season's already shit. <laughs> Play the freshman. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. So we will move on to our boldest predictions, Dalton. I'm going to leave you on the mic here. Give me your boldest prediction for week six. Texas beats OU by three scores. Okay. That is bold because I, I genuinely, I'm not going to, again, not going to say it won't happen or can't happen, but I, I just don't. I mean, 30, 35-17, <coughs> that's three scores. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. Is it? Uh, no, no, it's not. Not quite. 35 14. 38 17 would be. 38 17. Yeah. Which is possible. Oh, no, three scores is 17 I mean, points. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, yeah, that's fine. Uh, don't think it's going to happen, but uh, we'll, we'll see. That's why it's a bold prediction. Uh, my bold prediction, and I told you earlier this would go in, I was going to get back to that Kentucky game. The Kentucky Wildcats are going to go to Athens. And beat Georgia. And I, I love it. I mean, that, I know, I that, know that if, if that if if the number twentieth ranked team going on the road to number one and winning, if that's not a bold prediction, Dalt, then I don't I don't really know what is. So yeah, Kentucky, Mark Stoops, Devin Leary, Ray Davis, getting it done in Athens. Give me the Wildcats. I love it. That's 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 where we're at. I so, love it. Um, just so everybody knows before we end the episode, um, before he can back out of it, me and oh, yeah, I forgot me, about this. Me and my <laughs> co host here, Tim Smithson, have agreed to a friendly hand, wager, a handshake deal, yeah. or a friendly wager, a handshake deal. Um, the loser will wear the opposing team's get up. And I cannot wait to see you in Dana's medium crop top I, I, t-shirt. I'm telling you right now, Dalt. I, I am telling you right now, you better hope that Texas does not lose this game because I have the perfect shirt. I mean, I, it's, it is gold. Uh, perfection. So, yes, that is a friendly wager we made. Uh, obviously, being Oklahoma Texas fans, we wanted to, you know, spice it up this week. We we made that bet. So, the loser of this game will have to don the other teams. It, it may just be a hat, maybe a shirt, maybe it, whatever it may be. Maybe but a Quinn Ewers jersey. Maybe a jersey, yeah. Whatever it may be, it's a uh, winner gets to choose. So, um, real quick, Dalt, we'll go back over our picks. Uh, A&M, Bama, you have Bama minus two and a half. I took A&M plus two and a half. Uh, Washington State, UCLA, we both took Washington State plus three and a half. Uh, LSU at Missouri, we you took Missouri plus six and a half. I took LSU minus six and a half. Notre Dame at Louisville, we both took Notre Dame minus six and a half. 
Kentucky at Georgia. We both took Kentucky plus 14 and a half. And then Texas versus OU. You took Texas minus six. I am taking Oklahoma minus six. Again, our super dogs are, you got Arizona plus 21. I took Wake Forest plus 21. And so with that, Dalt, uh, we got a great week weekend of college football uh gonna find a lot uh, gonna find out a lot about a lot of teams this weekend but we may or may not be back for a recap episode if not we'll we'll just do a normal one like this that we did today again next week but dalt if uh if you don't have anything else to add then i guess we will see you guys on the next episode and we are out Uh, don't forget to cover the flats If you enjoyed this episode of the Cover 2 Podcast, please leave us a rating or write us a review. Tell your friends about the podcast and help us grow the show. You can find episodes on Apple, iHeart, Spotify, and YouTube. Just search the Cover 2 Podcast and you'll find us. If you want to contact us or be a guest on the show, we're on Facebook, X, Instagram, and TikTok as the Cover 2 Podcast. You can also email us at cover2podcast2021 at gmail.com. We appreciate all of you for listening and supporting our show. 